Double, double, toil and trouble, fires burn and cauldrons bubble. Eye of newt and toe of frog, wing of bat and tongue of dog, bald of head and stout of gut, wild eyebrows that make him look like a nut, house full of spirits, wraiths and ghosts, the kind that frighten most radio hosts. But now it's time to make a switch and replace this host with a talented witch. With the flick of a wand and the twitch of a nose, eyes that do twinkle and lips like a rose, today we will learn how to conjure the dead, then hear of a ghost town that will fill you with dread. So turn up the volume and turn down the lights, while we share tales of wonder, magic, and frights. All that and more are here on this show, The Paranormal 60, now off. Let us go. I'm not gonna stand here and listen to this baloney. He won't float. He doesn't stand for baloney. Sounds like a lot of supernatural baloney to me. Supernatural. Perhaps. Baloney, perhaps not. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader can now be heard on the Onyx Network as an audio-only podcast. You can also find us on Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Deezer, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Amazon Music, and Audible. That's right. We're everywhere now, everywhere you want to hear us. Take us on the road. Take us into work. Take us to your long walks into the deep dark forests alone at night that's where you can take me the paranormal 60 we deliver every monday brand new episodes right here on the youtube channel tuesdays at 1 a.m eastern the audio podcast version airs on the unx network and you can be a part of that simply by tuning in all right, Sharice Williams is our first guest. She's an experienced paranormal investigator and witch, and with more than 20 years of experience investigating, practicing, and researching, she shares the impact that infusing witchcraft into ghost hunting has had in her life. Sharing the tales and terrors that she's faced, she's also the author of this new book, The Witch's Guide to Ghost Hunting. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome back to the program, Sharice Williams. Hello, Sharice. Yay, round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> did you write that. that intro? I did. Well, you know, I used a little bit of the original toil, toil, what, what is it? Double, double toil and trouble yeah. <laughs> from online, but I tweaked it. Of course, when it gets to the, uh, when it gets to the bald of head and stout of gut, I figured that's about conjuring me up for this show. So, and then I conjured <laughs> you as well, a little like bit magic. later. Yeah, it's pretty cool. A little bit later, Sarah Lemos is going to join us from uh, Portals to Hell. You've also seen her on Ghosts of Morgan City, and she has a brand new program out called the, uh, oh, let's show it to everybody. It's called The Ghost Town Terror. It takes place in Anaconda, Montana, so you're going to want to check that out. It's a very cool series, but getting the show kicked off, I wanted to um, rejoin my friend. When we had her on a few weeks back, she teased the idea that her new book is coming out. It is out officially now. There you see it. And we have a link for it on today's program guide. So you can find it easily in our Amazon store, or you can just simply go to uh, podcast, uh, my podcast page at paranormal60.com. Click on the store, scroll down to the Amazon store, click in and go. You'll see all the great books that we feature here on the program. 
All right. So I, we've got a lot to cover in this, Sharice, and time is of the essence. But I, I, I need to know, okay, witchcraft is one thing, paranormal investigating another. When did the concept uh, for you appear of using witchcraft to help during an investigation? So I actually think witchcraft and paranormal investigating are they're kind of the same thing. <laughs> they run parallel okay. with each other and it makes sense for me for them to cross paths. Um, I mean, when we look at witchcraft and witches throughout history, they literally work with spirits and communicate with spirits. What are we doing when we're investigating the paranormal? We're communicating with spirits. So it kind of makes sense that they fit together. Well, um, and, and witchcraft, see, this witchcraft. is the international high side for witchcraft. Okay. I didn't uh, know that. Now I know. Okay. Witchcraft <laughs> and the paranormal and investigating is, is a lot about intention setting, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. It's, it's putting out that intention. I know that, um, and I've been told it's a, a form of spell work. I didn't know it when I was doing it, but Shane and I, when we would go on the Holzer files before we'd go in, we'd try to put ourselves in this mindset of the location we were in, we were in the era we were hoping to communicate with. And we would kind of try to imagine what that place looked like at that point in time and what it might've sounded like the people that came through that building. And I always felt that that had a hand in why we were so much more successful in communicating because we were already kind of tapped into that atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And mindset and visualization and really kind of tapping into those energies, like you mentioned, that's all part of witchcraft, you know, to really kind of manipulate the energies around you and within you, you kind of have to get into the right mindset and tap into the right energies. Um, so a lot of people are kind of practicing things that would be considered witchcraft without even really realizing it. So I've been a heathen <laughs> sinner this whole you, time. You have, your soul is doomed. No. Oh, great. <laughs> no, I, I do want to have you explain to us though. All right. Uh, you practice witchcraft. Does that make you Wiccan? Is mm -hmm. Wiccan and witch different? Yep. What can you Two explain about that? Um, okay. Wicca is an earth-based religion and it's actually a fairly new religion. They try to say like, oh, it's from, you know, times of old. It came around in like the sixties with Gerald Gardner. Um, but it's a religion. It's an earth-based practice. You know, you have rituals, you honor the full moon. Um, you can be Wiccan and a witch, but you can be a witch and not be Wiccan. I mean, there's Christian witches and Catholic witches and Jewish witches and non-denominational witches. Um, so yeah, they're two completely different things. Witchcraft is more of just a practice. So you can apply it and intertwine it with whatever your spiritual beliefs are. Um, Wicca is kind of like, you know, it has its set holidays and kind of rules like any other religion. So two totally different things. Well, not totally, but if you're going to go into a location to investigate, right. And I know you do that a lot when people follow your videos and your Instagram and TikToks, they'll see a lot of these cool videos, but what now, again, in the opening of the show, I read this kind of rhymey, whimey thing. Um, and a lot of people do consider that witchcraft, right? The, the incantations, is there something you say out loud to you, the universe, the spirits that acts like a, an, a portal or an opening or an introduction to those energies? Um, I'm pretty laid back with my spiritual practice and my witchcraft practice. I, I mean, I always show respect even to ghost spirits, spirits that I work with, you know, angels, whatever. I kind of treat them though. Like I would a living person, you know, especially if I'm just getting to know you, I'm going to be polite and stuff, but I, I'm very down to earth and I'm not, not that there's anything wrong with the witches that do the toil and trouble and the rhyming things and all of that, but I just, I don't do that. 
I don't have the attention span for that. So I'm more just like, hey. What a shame. What a shame. <laughs> I know. A, a you know I don't art. think I could live up to your rhyming standards, though. I mean, that was well, pretty incredible. So thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just kind of more go in. I, I, I feel like I approach everything more just like a normal ghost hunter does. You know, I go in. Hi, I'm Sharice nice to meet you. I'm just here to talk to you, whatever. Um, I do usually set some boundaries though. Like if they are, if I feel like I'm kind of getting encroached on and it's not feeling good, I kind of just set boundaries, but that's the thing. You can speak just normally. Like you're not allowed to enter into my energy space. You're not allowed to attach to me. And that works. You don't need to do the whole like rhyming thing unless you want to. Some people, it really puts them in the right mindset. So it's all about whatever you need to do to get yourself into the the focus. <laughs> all right. Now, in, I, I've got to wonder though, right? If you're using any kind of witchcraft practices, a lot of these old locations, you know, there, there are people that from the 1800s to early 1900s, very religious based families, religious based sex. Do you have to be very sects? I said, not sex. <laughs> I don't know if there's religious Where's this podcast going? Right. But, uh, <laughs> You, you've got these sects of people, right? Mm -hmm. That that these spirits are. It, are they ever offended by a witch coming in and trying to conjure and communicate with them? Luckily, I've not experienced anything like, you know, anybody lashing out at me. I haven't been thrown across a room when I pull out my tarot cards or anything. Uh, the the worst that I've had really is just the activity stops. And I think that that is them kind of being like, we're not going to talk to you anymore. Like, what is this? Um, oh, actually, I have had witch come through on the spirit box before, and it doesn't sound friendly. It's like, witch. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, hey. <laughs> um, and usually in, at that point, like, if I feel like they're kind of backing off or they're not enjoying what I'm bringing to the table, I just kind of try to explain what I'm doing. Um, and then I usually kind of reel it back. I'll put my tarot cards away or whatever, because, again, you want to be respectful of where push the push the the vial of goat's blood yeah. back across the table yeah. instead of drinking. <laughs> I won't drink this now. Sorry. <laughs> well, a lot of people talk about, and I know uh, moon cycles and star mm. cycles and things are big in witchcraft. And and a lot of people will ask me, is ghost hunting better on a full moon? Is it better on a new moon? Is it better in the rain? Is it all of a sudden I feel like Dr. Seuss? Is it better on a plane? <laughs> could you do it on a boat or could you do it on a moat? You are just, I mean, you should start a whole little book or that could be a whole separate right. podcast, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dr. Insanus. Um, so what about that? What about like moon and, and its functions? Because we do a lot of our ghost hunting at night. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that that has any impact on the spiritual realm? Yeah. Um, so I've noticed, I feel like around the darker moon, like when the or new moon, when it's the moon is dark, um, I feel like that kind of gets more activity. But I also think that has to do with the fact that I feel more in tune with the darker moon than a full moon. So I think that that kind of relates to awakening my own intuition. So I think I just notice paranormal activity more. I don't know if it actually heightens the ghost activity. Um, but other people will say the full moon is that's when it gives you energy. Um, I was investigating at Indiana State Sanatorium and it was going to be a full super moon, total lunar eclipse. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be amazing. Surely this is going to kick up all kinds of activity. This is going to be epic. Um, we went to the roof of the building when the moon was at its darkest and we're like, oh, this is so cool. And you could just feel the energy change. But it didn't change as in heightened. It changed as just it became such a liminal space and just everything just kind of paused. It was the weirdest feeling ever. And we go back into the building and just the activity that had been, you know, stirred up 
earlier in the night and we were hearing things, it was just silence during this mm -hmm. eclipse. And I thought that was so interesting. And then once the, the moon or, you know, the earth, I guess, I don't know, astrology, <laughs> the moon became bright again, uh, right. the activity picked up again. So it was, I thought that was like the most interesting thing ever. So I would like to dive into that more, talk to other people who have like actually, you know, kept notes on their moon phase investigations. Well, to see for, if for listeners and for you, Sharice, mm -hmm. let's, let's bring it up. Okay. So what happens is this is the moon. <laughs> This is the moon. And as the sun passes around yes. the earth, it, I keep this in case I get a runny nose. It is the, as the sun passes around the moon uh -huh. yes. and the earth is in the there, it casts a shadow. shadow. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's a, a lunar eclipse. Yes. Okay. We're actually, we're actually kind of mooning the moon at that moment. Yes. Uh, so that's what's going on. But it's interesting, you know, maybe all the ghosts are involved watching the lunar eclipse as well. Maybe they were, they were right? like, Whoa, this is pretty yeah. cool. I, yeah. I just thought that that was really interesting. I, I've thought, you know, I certainly I had an, a very intense investigation at Waverly Hills Sanitarium in Louisville, Kentucky. Well, it was like 2008. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a full moon. And I didn't know how much stock to put into that, but I, it certainly was different. If our bodies, it, it, you know, they talk about this isn't just a, a made up thing that the full moon does have an effect on people and their physiology. And if we're mostly water, right, the full moon changes the tide of water in the oceans. Does it have an effect on us? Does it heighten those senses and allow us to see through these veils? That's an interesting aspect to me mm -hmm. regarding these type of investigations. And I've tried to take note and I have to get better about it uh, in in a journal of the nights that I'm having more activity. Is it a full moon? Is there a high barometric pressure, low barometric pressure, raining, sleet, snow, whatever there might be involved? Um, and and see if there's anything that starts to correlate that that data of what makes communication better. But I, I kind of get the feel that you know spirits. They just communicate when they want to, whether it's a full moon, a daytime lunar eclipse. Do I need to show how that works? A daytime again? lunar eclipse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, why not? The moon's always hanging out in the sky. You're True. drunk, moon. Go to bed. <laughs> Go home. Right. Um, so when you were doing this, you, you had this kind of pause, mm -hmm. which is interesting because people have talked about encountering Bigfoot and UFOs and sometimes leading into the moment or as they're in the moment, it's like everything else in the world goes silent still, mm -hmm. almost like it is paused. And that seems to be something that that kind of transcends any one faction. It's not just happens with ghosts. It doesn't just happen with Bigfoot or with alien scenarios. It seems to happen all at once. Is that because like when we're in a car wreck, how the minute that's going on, it seems to go into slow motion. You're mm -hmm. present in that moment. You're much more aware of what's taking place. Do you think that's why, you know, as that energy pulls in, you become more hyper-focused? I think it could be. I think that there's a lot of factors. Like you were mentioning all of those things I, I talk about in the book, the, um, you know, different weather factors and everything. I think Wait, that you have a book? I do. It's that's right. The Witch's Guide to Ghost Hunting, available now from Beyond the Fray Publishing. <laughs> um, and I think that, I mean... Like you said, ghosts and Bigfoot and everything, I think it's always there. I just think that these things more so really kind of affect us personally and either sort of block our intuition and our awareness or heighten it. Um, like you said, in moments where it is, you just get a chance to like pause and everything's kind of quiet. Yeah, you can kind of like zero in your focus and 
be more aware of what's happening around you. Well, in your book, you, you cover a, a lot of rituals for ghost hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you mind giving us a few examples of those rituals and mm-hmm. uh, maybe even equate them to a story or an experience of your own? So in the book, I talk a lot about ways to protect your energy and keep your aura strong, your little energy bubble strong and your energy grounded. Um, And a lot of rituals and stuff, I think when people hear rituals or spells, they think it's going to be complicated. But as I already said, I like to keep things simple, (laughs) but powerful. Um, A bippity-boppity-boo. That's me, pretty much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, there's there's simple rituals as far as just taking a selenite wand, which is a crystal, and you can kind of just like wave it around you, and that helps to strengthen and repair your aura. Um, You can even just do visualization techniques. And normally I'm really good with that, but I went to West Virginia Penitentiary some years ago and I just was really excited to be there. I was with a couple of friends that I don't ever get to see. Um, Didn't do a damn bit of protection (laughs) for myself, even the most basic. And it was a good investigation. And then I come home. Uh, I didn't even do any closing stuff because normally I talk about it in the book also, like different ways that you can kind of sever your energy from a location and all of that. I didn't do any of that. And I come home and, I just was feeling really tired afterwards. Things were just kind of going wrong in my house. I was getting cranky and I'm like, this is not me. And I'm like, oh, and then I realized and I pulled a couple cards. I'm like, I brought somebody home with me. (laughs) Did not mean to do that. So I had to do a ritual to kind of completely reset the energy in my home and uh, to remove any energy, any entities, and then kind of strengthen and protect my home. And that's in the book. That's probably the most elaborate ritual because it is you have to get some candles and different herbs and things like that. Um, But it's an excellent way. Anytime that somebody is like, I I have this going on in my house, I kind of give them these two rituals to do and it works amazingly well. All right. Well, for people that think that they have a ghost in their Mm -hmm. home now, but they're not witches, even if they read your book and see some of the rituals to help clear it, Mm -hmm. do they work? Or do you, you know, like the old vampire lore, the crucifix only works if you believe in Christ, right? If you believe Mm -hmm. in in what you're holding up. If if I follow the instructions in your book, but I'm not a practicing witch, Mm -hmm. uh, will it still have the same effect? Or yes, because of the intention I'm putting behind it. Yeah. So, I mean, anybody can do these things, these rituals and spells and stuff that I have in the book, and you're not going to be considered a witch. Like Mm -hmm. you can do these things. Um, And yeah, I mean, I think if you do it and you're like, this is a bunch of crap, but I'm going to try it anyway. I think it'll kind of work, but ultimately it really is your belief and your intention because that's the energy that fuels what you're doing. Um, You know, it's kind of like trying to light a bonfire and you light it, but then you pour a bunch of water on it. Like it's not, it's, it may smolder a little bit, but it's not going to ignite into flames. And that's kind of with spell work and rituals, you got to put that energy into it and that intention. All right. Um, What's a quick trick you could tell somebody um, to help rid themselves or their homes from uh, spirits? I know you said calling down the white lights, running mm-hmm. yourself in, in a light. I use purple colors to help make myself feel more. I don't know what it is. I, I was just always told that whatever color you're most attuned to that you mm-hmm. feel represents healing or represents safety for you. And, and like a deep, rich purple has always mm-hmm. been that um, for me. So I'll envision that a lot of times for white light. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what is there that that they could do right now at home with maybe some common household items, you know, Crisco oil and some, <laughs> you know, uh, Morton salt or something? What, what is it? Uh, okay, so get ready. This is, this is super intense. You're going to grab okay. a pan. You're going to grab a wooden spoon. 
-hmm. and you're going to go from room to room hitting the pan, literally telling the spirits, like I've even said, like, get the hell out of my house. Like, this is my house. You are not welcome. And you bang the pan. Uh, that is the banging of the pan it creates vibration sound. And it just kind of helps to break up the energy in the house. Who knew my children have been just ridding right? the house of ghosts all those exactly. years of banging on pots and pans. Exactly. They were helping you out. And, you and actually, for listeners that are thinking, well, that sounds really lame. <laughs> it does. <laughs> but feng shui has talked about this. I've, I've, mm -hmm. I was learning about feng shui and about changing the energy. And if you've had a fight in your bedroom, you should, you know, either start up in like the corner by clapping loudly yep. and, and kind of working your way across the room or, or clanging a bell, something mm -hmm. that kind of disturbs that energy. And then and focus on walking it out of your room. Mm -hmm. exactly. uh, don't don't walk it to your teenage daughter's door because no. I promise okay. you, you don't need <laughs> that's already a problem need that, enough. <laughs> right, just shoo it down the stairs <laughs> and out the front door. Um, exactly. But that is an interesting element. All right, mm -hmm. so just that kind of could, could you do it with yeah, clanging I mean, you, yeah, the you bell? Could, anything. I mean, yeah, if you have a little bell that you can ring, clapping your hands. Um, if you want a ghost gone and you know it, clap your hands. Right. I like it. Again, <laughs> um, it, it seems like the mental sense of, of setting that intention mm -hmm. is more of a ritualistic aspect as well. Yeah. You, you, you have to have the intention first and foremost in the, mm -hmm. Okay. Now uh, talk to me about some of your recipes for oil blends and, and things like that um, and how you've worked with it in the past. So, I mean, you can make oil blends for anything, um, but I find two of the best to have when investigating is a protection oil and then an intuition oil. Um, the intuition oil, you can just kind of dab on your third eye if you want, and it helps just to open up your intuition for the whole investigation, or if you're going to do an Estes method session, you could put that on and go into the session and it just kind of helps to enhance your intuition. But um, the protection oil definitely comes in handy. Uh, like at Monroe House that I was at recently, which that is a weird, have you been to Monroe House? No, I haven't. It is such a weird energy. They call it the demon house. I don't know if there's actually a demon there, but there's something there. Um, and I was there with my friends, ACG Paranormal, and we all kind of were getting weird. We were getting, we all were like, I kind of feel like I'm high right now. Like this is, we were feeling weird and we were getting giggly and we just were not feeling like ourselves. And we're like, something's not right. And it just kind of felt like something was trying to distract us almost to, I don't know, do whatever it wanted to do. And we kind of all realized that simultaneously, like something is not right. And so I pulled out the oil and I anointed the back of all of our necks with it. And then we just kind of went about changing batteries and equipment and everything. And within about five, 10 minutes, we all, that weird, giddy energy was gone. And we all just felt completely grounded and normal. We're like, that was weird. So that definitely, I think if you're going to make any sort of oil to have with you, have a protection oil for sure. Now, do you show in the book how to make protection oils mm -hmm. and, and psychic oils and all of that? I do. Is it um, is it hard? Is it going to be something that people are like, God, I... I have newt. Where the hell am I going to get I have newt? <laughs> no, it's a uh, simple things like lavender. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, no, it's really easy. Um, and again, I mean, you just kind of want to try to get into a right mindset while you're putting the herbs into the bottle and putting the oil in is, you know, kind of have that intention of protection while you're creating it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you don't have to like cast a magic circle and like call in all these spirits to help you create it. Um, ooh, it's pretty, pretty easy to do. All right. Very cool. Um, how, what about pairing traditional ghost hunting equipment with spiritual tools? Mm -hmm. I've, I've often wondered, I've seen people that will bring out a recorder and then they'll have a crystal on it. 
which mm-hmm. in a sense makes sense because crystal radios, things like that. You said, mm-hmm. does that really help? I think so. I think so. Um, and I also like to just combine, I don't know. I like to get like confirmation. I trust my intuition and everything, but I think it is also really cool when you do have your piece of electrical equipment, like lighting up while you're getting intuitive messages or I'm pulling cards, for instance, um, again, at Indiana state, I feel like I, I've given them so much publicity because I talk about them constantly, (laughs) but at Indiana state, we had the spirit box going while I was doing a reading and pulling cards. And I wasn't saying what the cards were, what they, the meanings were anything like that. I was saying it in my head. And as I'm thinking these things like, Oh, okay. The, the spirits just want to feel loved. They want to be remembered. You'd hear like loved. You'd hear what I was kind of saying and picking up on the cards in the spirit box. So that was really cool. And then I shared with the group. I'm like, so this is what the cards were saying. And the spirit box is like, yes, like agreeing with me. So that was really cool. And I think it's it's just a fun way, especially if you are somebody that's like, I don't know, do tarot cards work? Do crystals work or anything? You know, pair it with the your traditional equipment and just see what happens. Right. I've been a longtime advocate for bonding with your equipment. Mm -hmm. You know, I use one specific, uh, you know, like I'll pick three specific tools I'm going to use. And those are the three I always use. I don't use other people's recorders. I don't Mm -hmm. use other people's tools. I try to just stick with the same items. And when we film the TV show, I put my name on them. Okay. If I'm going to be using it, I want to be the only one that uses this recorder, this piece and that piece. And that was cool. They'd always put my name on it and allow me to be the one. I felt that I'd get a better connection with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've seen a lot of people and when you and I investigated Mansfield uh, reformatory last year, you know, you, you had your tarot cards, you had other ways of trying to open that portal of communication. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I'm always open to new concepts. So here's my, my challenge to all of the listeners out there. You've been paranormal investigating, you've found ways that work and, and found ways that don't check out the witch's guide to ghost hunting for yourself because you know don't be turned off by terms like witch or witchcraft again i i think in in some sense it could just be released womancraft or the craft of ghost hunting right mm-hmm. um and and you don't have to take that ideology but obviously witchcraft is a very popular uh methodology and mindset nowadays. Mm -hmm. So that's a great book, but I encourage people pick it up, read, grow outside your paradigm. You don't have to just learn one way and stick to it. I've evolved over the 16, 17 years of investigating and found better ways to make communication, things that work well for me, things that do not. And uh, I'm always picking up tips and hints like this. So I appreciate uh, that you've written a book like this, giving a different insight and perspective. Thank you very much. I usually at this time would say goodbye to you, but I did get an email. Uh, this is from our macabre mailbox and I, it's asking some questions that I don't know that I'm suited to answer. Mm -hmm. Uh, you as somebody who's more of a sensitive, um, I thought I'd I'd bring this to you. And then, uh, I've got uh, a story I'm going to share with, with the listeners going forward. The email comes from Brian and, uh, this is, uh, kind of one of those creepy little, ghost story. So let's give us a little image to focus on. Uh, Brian says, uh, over the last 16 years, I've had one previous heart attack and cancer twice. Then back in September, I ended up in the hospital and had to undergo triple bypass surgery. It kind of feels like death keeps tapping me on the shoulder. As you might imagine, I was on very strong drugs and was in between sleep and awake for long hours of time. From time to time, I'd be having a conversation with someone bending down to speak in my ear. 
sometimes female voices, sometimes male voices. But whenever I opened my eyes, there was no one else in the room. I'd also hear children laughing and playing nearby. None of it felt particularly menacing, but it happened often enough that I thought it had to be a side effect of some kind. I asked the nurses if any of the medicines had that kind of effect, and they assured me they did not. It never happened when I was fully awake, but most often late nights when I felt most alone and scared. It also stopped for good when I left the hospital. Sadly, it felt like the closest thing to comfort I had at the time. I mean, who do you talk to about the terror of thinking you're going to die? You don't. You just smile and be the brave boy that everyone wants to see. And when a voice tells you that you're loved and going to be okay, you welcome it. Was I crazy? Was it because I was overwhelmed with fear, maybe sleep-deprived? Uh, those are good questions, right? Yeah. I mean, those are, are, are good, legitimate <clears throat> questions. Um, or did I actually get love and support from those who had already crossed over? First of all, do you believe that hospitals continue to carry the essence of people that have passed away? Still, walk Oh, walls? for sure. Okay. I mean, there's so much emotion in hospitals from, you know, doctors and the nurses trying to save people and then they get upset when they lose somebody the patients going through things there's so many different emotions the visitors and loved ones coming to visit the patients i mean there's just so much and there's like tragedy and happiness and all kinds of crazy energy at hospitals so yeah it makes sense that it's kind of like a hot spot i think for for energy and for spirits definitely for people that feel like they're losing their mind, they're hearing spirits, and especially only in one location, what advice do you have to people like that? Uh, do they Should they open themselves up to the moment? Uh, should they be guarded? Because obviously there's there's a change in, in them. Mm -hmm. um, I always say, you know, always have some sort of guard up a little bit because ultimately we don't know who we're talking to. We don't know who we're communicating with. So always kind of trust your intuition. And I think if you do feel like, oh, maybe I need to be a little guarded, trust that. There may be a reason you do need to be a little bit guarded. Um, but I think in the instance with this gentleman, you know, there's the thing when we're all falling asleep and we sometimes kind of like think that we might hear something or you kind of like jolt awake, like what was that? Um, I think it's because our mind kind of quiets down and our intuition can kind of kick up a little bit and we become more aware of what's happening around us. And that happens a lot when people are falling asleep or just starting to wake up. And it can happen mm -hmm. also when you're on different medications. You know, I've had procedures done and had to have pain medicine and I'm at home and I'm like, what? And again, I think it's because it kind of quiets that like more conscious, logical part of your brain and gives your intuition and your psychic senses, because everybody has psychic senses, um, a chance to kind of be heightened and you're more aware of things. So, yeah, yep. I mean, it very well could have been ghosts of past patients at this hospital kind of reassuring him like, no, you're good. You're going to be OK. And um, or it might have been, you know, ancestors or loved ones that have passed on kind of reassuring him. And it was just in that moment he was able to sense that. All right. We do have a link for Sharice and her book on today's program guide, but for people too damn lazy to look down on the same page and read it, where could people find more information about you and book tarot readings? Uh, ShariceWilliams.com or I'm pretty active on Instagram, ShariceWilliams.xo. All right. Thank you, Sharice. It's great Thank talking you. to you again.
All right. Pick up a copy of the book and do me a favor, folks. Rate and review the books that you hear featured on the show. By rating and reviewing the books, it pushes it up further so that more people are exposed to it and get to hear about it. Now, Brian, I want to address something to you. I understand how you felt in that moment and wondering and questioning your own sanity. And I can't speak necessarily to the psychic side of things, but I want you to know you're not alone. As a matter of fact, a number of years ago, I recorded this. This is my actual story, and I hope that it'll bring you a little bit of peace and understanding to let you know that uh, other people have these same experiences. My room was filled with visitors and medical staff alike, all stopping by to check on my recovery after an emergency gallbladder removal. The pain was unreal, and I was connected to a wonderful pain reduction system, the morphine drip, and with a push of a button could control my own pain pleasure principle and control it, or perhaps over control it, I did. That's when I started to notice a very strange situation unfolding in my hospital room. I realized that aside from the busyness of visitors and nurses checking on me, I had, unbeknownst to the others in my room, a large gathering of shadowy figures watching over me, patiently waiting for those moments when I could see them and they could attempt communication. Now, I know what you're all thinking. Drugs, hallucinations, wild imagination, and I cannot for certain disagree. However, I know that these moments, when I could see them, are as burned in my memory more clearly than the conversations and interactions I was having with the living, breathing visitors in my room. Never before had I experienced such a strange and surreal situation. While my eyes were open, I could see, hear, and communicate with all of my fleshy, warm-blooded friends, but when my eyes closed, I could still see every detail of my room, with the exception of the actual people in it. I could still hear them and interact, but, but they were no longer in my visual spectrum. I could hear the pinging of machines, the, the monitor alarms sounding throughout the hospital, the overhead page system seeking doctors to their stations. My room was filled with ashen-faced, silent beings, many of whom stood there watching me. Only a few would move. And then there was the woman, a wild-haired, elderly woman who would float there in front of my face. Her hair seemed to be blowing by some unseen force, her eyes piercing and her face filled with lines and anguish. She would stare deeply into my eyes, mouthing words in a silent scream that I could not hear. Insisting that I pay attention to her, she grew angrier and more persistent as my stay continued, which also led me to believe that this was more, so much more than just a drug-filled hallucination. My conscious, or perhaps my subconscious, were wide open to another level of existence, and they knew it. They could sense that I was straddling two realms, and they were opportunists, making sure that I would see and remember everything. Now, one particular day, Tim came to visit. He brought me some snacks and some things to read. It was nice to see him, and we shared some small talk, just chit-chat, mostly about my need for attention and faking illness in order to take time off from work, and then we'd laugh. You better take care of yourself and get your ass back on the air, he insisted with a smile. The dreamy effects of morphine drip were causing my eyelids to grow heavier and slam shut from time to time. Tim would let out with a laugh and poke fun. Morphine, it's a hell of a drug, huh, D? We would laugh, and I would fight to keep my eyes open. 
We spoke about my son's wedding coming up that weekend and how Tim was willing to give me a piggyback ride to the nuptials if I needed one. I replied with a smirk and a snicker, then my eyes closed, and I could see my room again, devoid of Tim or my girlfriend at the time or my son. My head slowly pivoted to the opposite direction of my living friends and focused to the corner of the room where my less lively roommates had congregated. One moved forward and pointed at me, his long finger wagging, his mouth obviously moving in an unheard conversation. All I could hear was this creepy hissing noise from his mouth. While the others spoke in hushed whispers, I couldn't make out, but they seemed to fill the room. I spoke out. I'm sorry, I I just can't hear you. I, I wish I could. I, I see your mouths move, but I, but I can't hear a word. Then I heard Tim's concerned voice question me. Hey, D, I'm over here. Um, who are you talking to? I informed him. There were a lot of people here wanting to be heard. There was a bit of a pregnant pause, and I heard his voice cut through my surreal experience. Only this time, all the spirits in my room turned to face him as well. Hey, buddy. There's no one over there, he assured me. We're all over here on this side of the room. I laughed and said, Good thing, because it's pretty crowded over here and I can see them only when I close my eyes. There was another hesitation. Then Tim retorted, Hey Dave, are you kidding around? Is everything okay, brother? My head turned to the sound of his voice. It was weird. I could hear him so clearly, but visually could not see him. Yet, in the other part of my room... I could see the throngs of creepy roommates I had amassed, but I could not hear them. My eyes popped open, and I looked into the face of my worrisome friend. It's all good, Tim. Morphine is a hell of a drug. And with that, our conversation came to an abrupt end. My eyes dreamily closed, and I heard him tell my girlfriend, I'm gonna head out. Let me know how he's doing. That was really weird. The days after I was released, I racked my brain, trying to understand and often vacillating between belief and disbelief of what I had witnessed. I tried so hard to convince myself that everything I saw and experienced was the machinations of a drug-induced haze. But I could remember it all. So clear, so vivid, and that stuck with me. That sent me down a rabbit hole that I have yet to pull myself out of, trying to understand or comprehend what is going on around us, unseen at all times. Are we... Are we just that close to another reality or dimension? Do the dead really surround us? Then my heart sank as I thought about a room filled with ashen, washed-out ghosts, trapped, caught between this world and the next, and filling the rooms and halls of hospitals, asylums, and institutions around the world. How many millions, or perhaps hundreds of millions of spirits must still walk these halls? What I found most disturbing was why they were still here, walking among us, especially in places like that. I mean, I would hope in the end, if I stay, I'll be bouncing between visiting my kids, scaring some investigators at an old asylum, or popping in and out of the nearest hooters. Hey, what? I'm only human. Why do spirits choose to stay or be stuck in these circumstances? My only solace came from a fellow investigator and researcher that shed some light on what may come next and why those that stay here are still here. It was a packed bar filled with muted conversations lost over the sound of 80s music playing through the speakers when my dear friend Misty Bay looked deeply into my eyes and said, When we all die, all that we are, the good, the promise, the light, will go on and complete its journey. 
whoever that may be, and that which is left behind, the anger, the resentment, jealousy, pettiness, the base, the animal part of all of us. That's why communication is often short, limited to bangs and flickering lights and an occasional get out, and why most communication is so basic. It leaves behind the animal instinct, pack mentality of sticking with others like itself in an environment that it's familiar with, until at some point that energy fades and finally goes out like a match in the breeze. I looked at her and questioned, well, then what happens to the light of us, the best of us? Without missing a beat, she lifted the beer bottle to her lips, took another long pull, and said, Now that is the real question, isn't it? With that, we sat in silence, enjoying our libations and reflecting on the imaginings of what lies beyond. So try to comfort yourself with that thought as you hear tales of lost spirits, the communication, and the reality that seems to be pushing itself into our realm. Take a moment to realize that, much like Jacob Marley warned as he rattled his chains in dire warning to Ebenezer Scrooge in Dickens' A Christmas Carol, the change we forge in this life, we must carry on to the next, Ebenezer. Be kind, shorten those chains, and make life right while you have the chance, instead of leaving a dark and tortured version of yourself behind, bound to this earth by all the negativity we create for ourselves and bask in daily. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, the longer you allow the negative in and to surround you, the longer that part of you will stay behind until it fades. So welcome to a world of possibilities, of nightmares and hope. Welcome to the reality that is the supernatural. Join us next week when a ghost cries justice. Jamie Kaler, my special movie critic, will be back. Matt Miska and uh, Mark Anthony will be on hand. We're going to talk about uh, the use of the paranormal in law enforcement. Matt is a former FBI analyst who believes that training new recruits with books on the paranormal could prove to be very beneficial in new ways to investigate their crimes and stories that they're trying to amass. Mark Anthony will join us to tell us about his work on a case that helped close a case and find a perpetrator. He'll also talk to us about two very famous cases where the ghost spoke from beyond the grave, crying out for justice. That's next week, right here on the Paranormal 60. We'll be right back with my special guest from the Ghost Town Terror, now on Discovery Plus, our guest, Sarah Lemos. Well, if you missed my next guest on Ghosts of Morgan City or Portals to Hell, you can now see her on the Discovery Plus series, The Ghost Town Terror. Sarah Lemos takes us directly into the Ghost Town Terror. When the Broussard family answered the beckoning call of a new life in Big Sky Country, an opportunity to own a unique 52-acre property, they got more than they bargained for. They soon discovered the ranch offered anything but the serene Montana lifestyle that they were seeking. Restless, menacing supernatural activity has plagued the family since day one, leaving them terrified and desperate for answers. There you go, there's your snack. We bought an entire town 19 buildings on 52 acres in southwest Montana. 
Welcome to Gunslinger Gulch. It's like something out of a movie. To run a ranch, to have guests come in, and it's been one of our biggest dreams. Almost felt like there was something that really wanted me to be here. But something else came with it. Within the first few days, things were already happening. There's something here with us. But there was something wrong up there. It's haunted. We have put everything into this town. What is this? It just needs someone to figure out what's going on. I just want to warn you, as we try to get closer to the truth, the activity, it's only going to intensify. We don't want to be afraid. The more we learn about this town, the more mysterious it becomes. This wall covered in blood. What is that? Holy me. Look, that's more bones. I don't like this. I think now instead of us hunting, it, it seems to be hunting us. Who are you? What is that? Ew, ew, ew. Come on, show yourself. What do you want from the family? <laughs> are you okay? Who did that? I don't think we're being told the full picture here. She'll do it again. She's done it before. She'll do it again. She's done it before. She sits here for hours, staring in one direction. We are getting closer and it's becoming dangerous. We're finding dead things. Remember? Remember what? Remember what? This is demons! I am at a boiling point. Each one of them seems to be like almost hiding something. I'm scared. Promise of the Father. Have mercy on us. Pardon charity. Have mercy on us. I command you by the authority of Jesus Christ, our Lord, Get spirit out. of knowledge and piety. Get it is he who commands you. Out. The greatest trick the devil plays on us is making us believe that he doesn't exist. Oh. Terrifying. That looks <laughs> great, Sarah. I'm excited for you. This is your first time with me doing one of the podcasts, so thank you very much for joining. Well, thanks so much for having me. Now, this is, it looks like a chilling story. This is now the second series you've done where you've been pretty much focused in just one town for the entire time. Does that have, um, does that have like an emotional or, or spiritual toll on you being centered into a location that's so ripe and active with paranormal activity? I think it does. I think you're being submerged. You're being dipped in. You're not leaving. You're not getting a break. You're not um, taking a moment. So um, it's it's a lot. It can be a lot. It is a lot. That's the truth. It's a lot. Now, a lot of the mediums that I talk to, they're like, oh, I can turn it on and off at will, and I can go into these things. Ooh. And I often wonder if that's true, because I've gone with my friends that are able to turn it on and off, and I watch them progressively get more agitated the longer we're in a location uh, that's that's filled with energy like this. And and I could see it, and I'm like, are you tapped in? No, not right now. I haven't gotten into that. And I'm like, ooh, you are on edge, man. Mm -hmm. Does that happen to you? Can you shut it off, and then when you get in, immerse yourself? No. Nope. Um, I'm on all the time. So it's just how I've been since I was a little girl. So, but I will have friends that check on me just like that, where it's like, your face is doing that thing. You're doing that thing with your face. What thing with my face? You got the look. I'm like, what look? And they're like, you're doing that thing. And I'm like, 
I'm, I'm just, I'm taking it all in. I'm just taking it in. Um, you know, my son is also a medium. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would take him into situations and that he would do the whole, I'm not on, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then pretty soon I'm like, are you hungry then? Cause your attitude is completely shift here, buddy. So yeah, I've seen it too. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's an opportunity here. We need to do a new Snickers commercial where we go in and all of a sudden <laughs> I'm standing there surrounded by a demon who's yelling at me. And then I handed a Snickers, they take a bite and you appear. And I'm like, Sarah, when you're hungry, you are a real demon. So <laughs> see, we, thinking it yep. through Sarah. that's thinking. all which series do you feel was was tougher on you the ghosts of morgan city or the ghost town terror i mean that i can't even imagine as a paranormal investigator i'm not i'm not a psychic medium i could feel overwhelmed being in a place too long it was one more challenging for you than the other yeah i would say you know um yeah, I would. And maybe it's because it's fresh, you know, maybe it's because it's fresher, but I'm going to say uh, Ghost Town Terror was way harder on me, way harder. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily, you know, for me, it's like location plus things that are happening plus, 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 plus. And I think it it really um, not that it was easy doing Ghost of Morgan City, but I would say Ghost Town Terror took it's taken a, a much bigger toll on me physically and mentally. Do you think that, you know, obviously in Ghost of Morgan City, you're dealing with multiple locations, multiple mm-hmm. stories, multiple people. There's certainly an element of, I need to help these people. Oh, but, yeah. but when you're in Ghost Town Terror, the Broussard family, you're, everything hinges on figuring this out because this is their livelihood. This is what they've committed themselves to. So you've got the angst of the spirit realm, the angst of the earth itself. You've got the angst of the family that's trying to make it there. And then bringing in, I think there's what, uh, there's three of you uh, investigators and then a tech. So you've got their baggage. You've got to be picking up as well. Yep. Yep. And you're constantly reading all of anybody that's on the property. You're constantly running everybody's thoughts because if a new thought comes in or a new wave of energy comes in, I have to know where it's coming from. So I, you know, I love camera guys. I love the sound, the guys, I love everybody that's on set, but I have to run their energy constantly to make sure that's not something I'm bumping into. Um, do you ever so, have to tell a fellow investigator, you need to leave your, your energy is messing me up and I need to focus on communication here. What I'll do is I, I personally back away. So I'll just like skadoodle back. I'll be like, okay, um, a little further back. Okay. A little further back. And everybody's like, what is Sarah doing? And I'm just trying to figure out who's who so that I can, because like you just said, David, so important. We are bringing this family either more havoc and pain or we're bringing them peace. And that's every paranormal investigation. That is every paranormal investigation. Like if you're there, you're there to help. You're there to get information. Absolutely. But you want to make sure you're getting the right information. And if I'm reading somebody's sandwich order in their head and not listening to the spirit that's walking through the room, it can get very confusing. Very, because somebody's making their dinner thing, and I'm like, the uh, spirit wants a sandwich. It's like, no, no, no. So I back up, reconnect, because again, ultimately, our goal is peace for families, peace from this. I'm excited. Of course, this being Monday, 
uh, you and I and Shane Pittman are going to be investigating this coming Friday uh, and Saturday at the Palmer House here in Sauk Center, Minnesota. Um, we're going to be investigating, doing talks. You're going to be doing two gallery readings, one a day, uh, giving people a chance to connect with the other side. Do you do gallery readings in haunted locations? Is that going to be a nightmare for you because you've got the ghosts of the building and the people sitting there that are all trying to come through? Or do you just like, hey, I'll get to you tonight. These, this, this is for the people sitting here right now. Yep. You got to have rules. So I would definitely be like, okay, tonight you guys can tell the stories today. I need to hear the family tell the stories, but absolutely. And yes, it can get confusing. And sometimes I'll be like, oops, oops, out of the room, out of the room. Cause I'll know they're not for someone here if they're in period dress or they're a little bit more denser of a, a vision i'll be like nope you got to step outside for just a second i'll be with you this evening before the series could you tell me what has been one of the most terrifying ordeals for you dealing with the supernatural yeah so one of the things that i do as a psychic medium is i get called out to houses to do cleansings mm -hmm. so somebody has something going on in the home they don't feel like they can handle it themselves, even if I taught them. So they're like, no, Sarah, please just, just come out. Just, just come out. Um, and I live in, uh, I used to live in Salem, Oregon. And, um, and I didn't know all locations, but this area I knew pretty well. So I just zipped on by and I had the address for the location, but it was an apartment complex. So I'm kind of, when you don't have A, B or C, you're just walking through all three, six, six ones, right? And so I'm walking through and this large shadow, I'm just walking through outside, leans out the window and says, you're looking for me. And I just looked up and I remember it feeling so intense and damp and um, aggressive. And I was like, I'm looking for you because that's just me. And that's how I roll. I'm like, oh, so I'm looking for you. And this thing was like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm sweating at this point. I'm just like, I'm cool. I'm good. And I walk up to this apartment, not knowing if it, the spirit says, this is the one I'm looking for. Knock on the door. What do you know? This is the house I was looking for. I go in and this thing just starts right up like, oh, good. You're here. Things start getting knocked over in the kitchen. The smells of the location start to change intensely. Um, I start incense, frankincense, prayer. I start locating the angelic realm. I am like bringing it in. Um, and then I start walking back towards the bedroom and I start getting pushed as heavily as I've ever been and just shoved and shoved. And I'm like, well, clearly I'm headed in the right direction. If you don't <laughs> want me here, clearly I'm and it's in it. This thing is being mean. But I'm Sarah and I'm not I'm not doing it like I'm just not doing it. It was really sad because the information that came out um, was that this energy had actually been called in to the location because someone had gone through something very. Um, a, a woman suffered terribly um, and hadn't told her family. So this young woman was in the bedroom and I turned around and I said, something horrible happened in this room. And she turned and looked at her mother and she said, Mom. Here's what happened. And in this moment, they healed. This thing didn't like it. Everything in the room started swirling. It was like you could see this uh, blackish gray um, 
vapor. I don't know what you want to okay. call it, but it was manifesting. And so I did what I had to do and it had to go goodbye. So I banished it and it left. But I remember having to say to the family, do not call this back. Do not under any circumstances call this thing back. I understand that it feels empty when this thing is gone. And that's what it's doing on purpose. And I know you lost something very dear to you, sweetheart, but you cannot call this energy in. This energy will sit with you, but it will take from you. And for me, it was, I played so strong until I left. And then I was just bawling and shaking. And I was like, whoa, that really happened. That thing was like totally on me. And, you know, and it was, it was horrifying. It was one of those experiences where you, you, you walk away going, dang, I know this is why I do it, but how many more of these can I do? And it, that question did cross my mind. And thank goodness I kept going because that was probably about nine years ago now. I, I give you a lot of credit, uh, you, Sidney Kaza, people that are out there that are open to this because you were filming a TV series the same time I was. I'm not allowed to give any information out yet about Neither it, but I. I can say this, that um, I opened myself up uh, to a situation and I had one of the most profound emotional experiences in my life. I mean, it devastated me, just put me in ruins and I got done. And I'm like, for three days, I felt like I had gone 20 rounds with Mike Tyson. Every part of me hurt. I was so tired, so worn out. I, there was no way to recapture energy. I was drinking power drinks and coffee and chocolate and everything, trying to get that caffeine rusher energy. And it was completely depleted. I give, I mean, I give you guys a lot of credit. That's, that's an impossible task for a lot of people to just try to refill and keep doing that. But Dave, that's a bit ultimately, again, our goal is to bring peace to these families, to whatever case we're working on. And sometimes it's like, like I said, I'll have those moments where I'm like, can I keep doing this? Can I honestly keep doing this? And then you see one of the family members soften. You see, you know, you see how your help did something. And before you know it, you're like, where's the next case? Where can I help? I don't Keep going. Yeah, Ghost Town Terror on Travel and Discovery Plus. Make sure you guys check that out. Uh, it's it's what what day is it? Fridays every Friday it gets released. That's correct. Excellent. Every Friday, yep. uh, there's only two episodes out now. The third episode coming, so make sure that you check it out, watch it, and guys, gals, do me a favor, watch it right away. Even if you can't watch it, but you know you're gonna watch it, turn it on when you go out for the walk with the dog and let it play in the background. Because if you want shows like this to continue, they have to be watched really fast after they're released. That's the way TV works now. So uh, streaming and TV, if you've if you're you know, DVRing shows and you think, well, I'm going to watch them all later. And me and a million of my friends all do that. Unfortunately, once it's past the three days window of counting for TV, 2 billion people could tune in and they don't care. It's got to be right when it airs. So make sure that you support shows like this. Now, being in our position and being on shows, being uh, investigators of, of the paranormal, Sarah, there's, it's easy to jump to demon, right? It's easy to jump to something evil. Are there spirits that you encounter that take on the guise of something evil, just trying to get you away? They're not really demons, but they'll, you know, they'll try to like Beetlejuice, right? That scene when, when the, the, the husband and wife are trying to terrify and make yeah. their faces all screwy looking just to get the people out. Do you find that to be a reality? Um, I think in some situations there's, uh, you know, when people don't want to be pushed, they don't want to be pushed and they're mm -hmm. people and they don't want to be pushed. And I think the, they have some of these energies aren't healthy. 
just like there isn't healthy people. Um, there's not healthy um, energies. There's confused energies. There's a lot out there. And so, yeah, I think a lot of times that's what you can be dealing with is something that, and a lot of times that's what we are dealing with. Something saying, hey, this is what I am. And it's like, mm, or is this the story of what you want me to think you are? Um, again, so that I can be pushed out um, because I'm scared it's so big and so bad until I get in there and go, mm, wait a second. I'm not so sure that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, we found that, and sometimes by turning things, um, in and turning it on its ear and stepping back, the spirits then will calm down and realize, all right, I'm not going to scare you out of here. And we should say, you know, this isn't going to work. Just talk to me and let me help you. Yep. Um, I, I'm excited about ghost hunting with you. I will let people know the full events are sold out for this upcoming weekend um, at the Palmer House. However, if you are in the Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois area, wanted to come up, we do have one-day passes for either Friday or Saturday. Both days are identical, so if you want to come in and just see the presentations, uh, pay to see the gallery session, you can certainly do that. Just go to Darkness Events. Dot com darknessevents.com and you'll see the banners for both of these even though they say sold out that means for the full event click the little enter and go in and you can buy one day passes so that you can uh, come on out and meet Sarah and uh, Shane and I and we will be a part of that so my little darklings get off the couches put yourself in the game come on out and see us at places like the metaphysical paranormal expo that's taking place in Janesville Wisconsin in April uh, the New Jersey Paracon that's coming up this year in July uh, Oregon event that's going to be taking place at the end of July. You're going to be there as well, right? At the Oregon yeah. one. Awesome. Very cool. And if you want to step outside the realm of, of uh, close to home, we're going to Egypt in 2023, folks. It is the Schraders of the Lost Ark tour. And not only do we get to go and investigate, uh, but we get to investigate two of the actual pyramids paranormal investigate in the pyramids and we get access to haunted hotels and other cool locations all the information is up at darknessevents.com sarah i'm excited about uh working with you this weekend are you excited about coming out to the palmer i'm so excited i've heard so much about the palmer house and now i finally get to touch it and see what's going on in there <laughs> You might not like it once you're back. I'm curious. No, I'm just kidding with you. I love the spirits at the Palmer House. But do you ever, going out there as we're riding out the show here, going out to a location, do the spirits ever come to you before you get there to let you yeah. know what you're going to be up against? Yeah. And I'll definitely draw it all out before I come in so that you guys can see what I got before. It's always fun to do. All right. Very cool. Check it out, folks. The Ghost Town Terror that is on Travel and Discovery Channel. Go look at it. Check it out. Watch it right away. Great series, fun series, and Sarah's a part of it. I want to thank uh, my guests, of course, for, for stopping by and spending some time with us here tonight. And, um, you know, with, with all that we do and all that we see in the paranormal realm and, and the opportunities we get to go out and investigate and meet with spirits and humans alike, the beauty of the paranormal field is that it's always evolving. It's changing. It's inspiring new ways to explore the true final frontier. Perhaps some of the methods that you come across won't resonate with you, but I'm going to continue to explore and give voice to people in the field like Sharice Williams, involving the use and ritual of witchcraft or developing your psychic ability and truly connecting with the spirits and land of the history of a haunting like Sarah. Now, together, we can carry this field forward. 
trying things, examining the past from pioneers like Sir Arthur Conan Doyle to Dr. Hans Holzer to the Warrens, Dr. William Roll, Dr. Barry Taff, and the list goes on. Working together through trial and error is the only way we will ever experience new breakthroughs. And I hope you'll follow along as we explore these subjects with the new wave and experiments of the future of paranormal investigating here on this program. I'd like to thank our guest, Sharice Williams. Make sure to check out her book in my Amazon shop. Thanks to Sarah Lemos. And make sure to check out and watch the Ghost Town Terror and shows like that to support the paranormal TV programming that you've grown to love. And thank you all for visiting the Paranormal 60 and allowing me along on this journey. May the darkness be just a little more light with the information that we share here. Free your mind and the rest will follow. Make sure to like this video and podcasts, subscribe, and tell everyone you know about it. And for our new podcast listeners, please rate and review the show. Go ahead. Give it five stars. It doesn't cost you anything, and you know you really want to do it. Go ahead and give those five stars. We'll see you again next week right here on the Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader and this Friday with the Paranormal 60 Minutes newscast. Thank you for watching. This has been a presentation of the Unex Network and the Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader.